How do you define success? What outcomes would you need to achieve to reach your version of success? And what are the factors that shape your definition? In this episode, I speak to Billy Garten, a young entrepreneur who has found that working hard is important to achieve his version of success. But another thing has become equally important to him, finding happiness. When I first started out in my marketing journey as a professional athlete, happiness was sort of put on the back burner. And so I was working hard, but without any joy in my life, you know? And so now I'm trying to find that balance, which I think is really good while also being able to to work hard and understand that I need to achieve the success that I want. So what exactly is success and how might happiness factor into this equation? Let's discuss. I'm Rebecca Scott, and this is Humans Now and Then. Thanks for joining me. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be here. So you've got a very interesting background. So why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Tell us about Billy. So I'm a young entrepreneur. I'm, I'm 21 years old. I am a current professional athlete in, in San Diego, California, and also a, a young entrepreneur who owns a social media marketing agency. I was born in Manchester, England, grew up a lot of my life in, in San Diego, and then through different events with my soccer career. I ended up moving to Arizona for a year and then went to school at the University of Portland for two years, then moved back to England for a year to to try and pursue my soccer career, which ended up bringing me back to San Diego, where I signed my first professional contract and, um, and obviously started a marketing agency where I found a passion for something other than soccer that I never thought I would find, something that I am just as incredibly passionate about in that sort of world. And so I'm, I'm like I said, I'm, I'm young, I'm passionate about two different things and learning a lot as I go here, but incredibly driven to make my way in the world. And so really excited to share my story. Fantastic. So when you say making your way in the world, what do you envision for yourself? What does the future look like for Billy? You know, I've thought a lot about this myself and, and it's constantly changing because I'm an idealist, definitely, but also I envision what I want all the time and, and, and almost have to correct whether it aligns with my dreams and my goals. And so I think my future, <laughs> where I envision it, obviously I, I envision massive success and that's where that's why I feel like I'm working hard and maximizing every minute, every waking second of my day to try and achieve that success over the next five, 10 years. But in terms of specifics, I, I love traveling. I love the thought of, of exploring different parts of the world. There's so much to explore and so much to see. And I've seen quite a bit of it so far. I've been fortunate enough to, to have grown up in, in a family who have allowed me to see different parts of the world. But those are just little hints of, of everything else out there. And so for me, success is in a way monetary, because I feel like the monetary value will allow me to explore different parts of the world and, and achieve those different goals of mine to see every possible part of the world that I possibly can. But also, especially in recent months, happiness has become a big part of my success. You know, how, how happy can I be in my daily life that is going to continue to push me to be a better person and also to be kinder and, and spark a happy emotion in those around me? Because when I first started out in my sort of marketing journey and as a professional athlete, happiness was sort of put on the back burner. And so 
I was working hard, but without any joy in my life, <laughs> you know? And so now I'm trying to find that balance, which I think is, is really good while also being able to, to work hard and understand that I need to, like I said, maximize my time at the moment to achieve the success that I want. So I think definitely a combination of, of being happy, but also succeeding in monetary terms to live, to live the life on my own terms, you know? Right. I think I hear a lot of those same themes from folks your age. Yeah. And I think I'm aging myself a little bit when I say things like that, <laughs> but that's okay. I, I'm curious to know on, you know, in relation to your perspective on social media. Yeah. You're in an interesting place in time. Uh, you're one of the first generations that basically grew up on social media. Um, now you're in a career um, in relation to social media. You um, are very active on TikTok. Very active. Right, about like about 20,000 followers on TikTok, if I remember correctly. 22,000 now, yeah. Yeah, so tell me about in that idea about what your vision of success looks like. You talked about a couple key themes, one being financial success. Yeah. And the other one being kind of, let's say, fulfillment or happiness. Right. Do you feel like the messages that you see in so social media influence that version of success for you? Or where are you kind of on that journey? You know, I feel like my version of success is very much defined by my parents' version of success and also the influences and, and mentors that I look to that define success for me. I think if I got caught too much, and I think a lot of people do this, they get caught a lot in believing the opinions of others on social media, and that can almost push you the other way because in many ways, social media can be seen in a negative light. And I understand that because 95% of the people on there are bringing other people down and putting a negative spin on the world as a whole. And so I think success in my eyes isn't defined by social media, isn't defined by the potential of social media and by listening to people on social media. It's more defined by what I was taught growing up and also the few people that I look to for inspiration and for mentorship. And they all seem to agree in the respect that yeah happiness and success go hand in hand because there are millionaires who are completely unhappy with their life and then also people who are making 30 40 grand a year who are the happiest people in the world you know so happiness definitely more and more in my life is becoming the ROI right I know last time I talked to you a little bit about kind of some of the negativity we see on social media. Yeah. I do want to get back to that, but I also don't want to bum you out too much too quickly in this conversation. So maybe we'll talk about the positive aspect. So I'll say now, let's just be transparent about the world we're living in today in relation to COVID-19, the, the coronavirus pandemic, and how it's isolated a lot of people at home. You said as a soccer player, you know, you're, you have empty stadiums, canceled events. So yeah, our whole league season's been canceled. Everything's canceled. So we're literally like everyone else, just in quarantine at the moment, doing nothing. Right. So is this a great opportunity for us to leverage social media in a way that drives people together or drives the connection that we all need since we're all feeling relatively isolated? Yeah, 100%. Um, and it's funny you ask that question because I've been talking a lot about it on LinkedIn and I'm about to start running some of my own paid ads on it, um, talking to people about the importance of social media and how this time now emphasizes the importance of having a brand on social media because eventually, regardless of whether it's a pandemic that takes this or over the next 10 to 15 years when the whole world becomes an online world and people are able to work remotely and work from online and work from home whenever they want, 
the importance of building brand and having a presence online is ever growing and it is yeah incredibly important and so over these next few weeks i'm starting to push that out a lot to people across my own social media channels to to basically inform them that listen if you don't have a social media presence at the moment while you're under quarantine and while there's virtually nothing else to do you're basically becoming irrelevant you know and and that's a shame to say that but that's simply the way the world's going these social media channels dominate the entire world at the moment they dominate everything that goes on in our social life the entire spread and mass hysteria that's going on with the coronavirus like you're talking about has been spread through social media you know and so this and it shows the speed at which this mass media can spread information you know whether it be true or not true it's just the nature of the game at the moment social media is a a worldwide powerhouse stronger than than anything out there and so if you're not maximizing that potential for good or for bad you know it can obviously like we've like we've talked about it can be used for negative but i choose to see such a positive light on it to create a business and to build financial freedom and monetary value and to build this success wealth and happiness that i'm striving to achieve can all be achieved through social media so much easier than it ever has been able to in the past you know people couldn't wake up during my parents generation and create a life from their phone sitting in bed if people were in quarantine in the in the 80s and 90s you were in quarantine and couldn't work now you have the ability to like we're doing sit and, and speak to each other and create this life of sort of communication but also the ability to actually earn money and and have success without actually having to leave your house you know from a little device called the phone which people never had the ability to do 10 15 years ago so yeah i think it's a very very powerful platform that you you really need to take advantage of or at least start understanding the power of it because if you don't you'll like i said you'll become very quickly irrelevant yeah i think that's one of the things too do we think about social media i guess there's two ways we can think about it and of course given your uh, media company you're going to think about it often in terms of promotion opportunity business you know related kind of angle I think there's also another opportunity for us to think about how do we connect as people. Yeah. And one of the things that's really interesting through social media is I've been able to connect with people all over the world Yeah. and have great conversations and build friendships through social media. And like you said, back when I was your age, I never would have had that opportunity to do that. Right. So maybe there's more opportunity for us to continue, <laughs> continue down that path. 100%. <laughs> so let me ask you, I had a thought in preparation for our conversation today. I would like you to give me some advice okay? because I think I am going to do my own TikTok video and I think my kids will be completely thoroughly embarrassed, (laughs) maybe mortified, but I want to do it because I want to be able to understand, first of all, kind of like the platform because we had a conversation maybe about, I don't know, a few weeks ago and you had mentioned this right now, the platforms of today will not necessarily be the platforms of tomorrow. So even though TikTok is relatively new on the scene in relation to social media, it is the trend. So in the future, it will be the platform and things like Facebook again, like my mom uses Facebook. You know, I'm not using it as much anymore, but TikTok my kids are using and TikTok might be the next platform that my generation starts to use. It will be 100%. Okay, so if you could give advice to someone like me, Starting a podcast, yeah. starting humans now and then, yeah. wanting to get out there and getting um, getting out on TikTok, what would be the advice you'd give me? 
Well, the first thing I would say, and I say this to a lot of my clients because I do have to answer a lot of objections to TikTok initially um, at the moment because people just don't understand the power of it. Um, and the objections that I often get at the moment are that the platform's for 7 to 13-year-olds. And my answer to that is, yeah, Facebook was only for college students in 2008, and now it's dominated by 65 to 90-year-old people. Instagram was only for teenagers when it first started in 2011 and was only for posting fun, lighthearted photos. Now it's dominated by businesses and people trying to build their brand. TikTok at the moment, yes, maybe it is dominated by 7 to 13-year-old kids, but the organic reach is so incredibly high. And if you miss the boat, sure enough, like the other two platforms, Facebook and Instagram, like we mentioned, everybody is going to start posting on TikTok soon. And the organic reach will go down. It'll become a lot more difficult to grow your business or brand because everyone has realized the, the potential of it, you know? And so it's funny that a lot of people say that the age demographic on these platforms, because I can immediately point to the other two platforms that have dominated the world for the past five to 10 years and show them how everything has aged up, you know? And so TikTok's starting really young, but I have no doubt that it's going to age up and already is starting to age up. And so definitely my advice for, for you and, and for other people that are listening is get on the platform, spend five hours studying it, seeing what works, just simply watching because you'll quickly learn what people respond to on TikTok, whether that be trending songs, whether that be dances that are working, whether that be you simply have a song in the background and you're pointing at different things that are popping up based on the way you're editing the video. So the first thing I would do is I would go on the platform and spend five to 10 hours just watching content, understand what works, what doesn't, and become an expert on TikTok content creation. And then from there, decide what your purpose is, what you want, where you want to grow. For me, it was marketing. I want to market entrepreneurship and a little bit of the motivational side. I wanted to be able to inspire people, but also give a lot of how-to tips and advice on the social media world. And so I've been able to combine knowing what works on TikTok with giving informational and informative advice. Um, and that's where my unique sort of style comes in on TikTok. And then combine that with the volume of your content is what's going to work because people at the moment are too caught up in what color blue they should use for the font or what color red they should use. And for that reason, they just never post because they want everything to be perfect. And that is the quickest way to failing on social media, especially on TikTok at the moment. Just get your content out there, feed it out, see what works, reevaluate, and and then double down on what's working. You know, my if you went on my TikTok right now, 90% of my videos don't get a lot of engagement, but it's the volume at which I post. I post probably four to six times a day at the moment. And so the volume at which I post allows me to get at least one post a day that gets decent traction. Whereas if you were to sit back and say, I'm posting once a day, it would probably go down to only one a week, maybe that's getting traction. And therefore, maybe I wouldn't have 20,000 followers. Now I'd have four or 5,000 and it's a lot slower to grow, you know? So I know that that was more of a long-winded answer, but there's so much that goes into it, but so much potential that I'm sure you can see how passionate I am about platform and where it can where it can take people
Yeah, clearly. I think it's an, it's an interesting platform in that not only does it allow you to use it for marketing purposes and to connect with other people, but it also is an outlet, I'd say, for the arts in some respect. A lot of people are doing dances and music, and I think it's an opportunity in that respect as well. 100% correct. It's an opportunity for people who yeah, have, have a, an artistic talent or have any sort of creative mind to grow their brand and to, to reach people at a wider scale than they've ever been able to reach people. I mean, you look at one of the most famous girls in the world now, Charlie D'Amelio, and she's just a normal 15-year-old high school girl. Yeah. Nothing really, if, if we're being honest, special about what she has to offer. She's not like some supermodel who's gone on the channel and, and getting loads. She's just simply a normal 15-year-old girl who took advantage of the platform when it was at its peak and is now one of the most famous people probably in, on the face of this earth at the moment. You know, she was she was involved at the NBA All-Star Game. She's been on the Gary Vee podcast. Her family have been involved in some of the biggest events out there, and it's all because they took advantage when the time was right. Yeah, my kids are a Charlie D'Amelio fan, so I hear her name often. Yeah. But she did kind of come into um, almost instant fame. It was very quick. I'm wondering, too, let's, let's talk about the ability to have instant fame on social media. And some of this kind of goes back to our conversation that we had before around not everything about social media is positive. Yeah. We do see a lot of bullying and negativity on social media. Mm-hmm. Um, what are your what are your insights on that? How did that influence how has that influenced you over time? Yeah. Uh, maybe what kind of um, things do you see in, in relation to that for the future? Yeah, it's a tough one. Yeah. Because I feel like on social media is something that a lot of people don't do because they're already in fear of the insecurity of what people are going to say, of what people are going to think, of how people are going to judgment, judge them. Sorry. So I think judgment is a massive, massive insecurity of a lot of people. And on top of that, the truth is that, yeah, you will get judge- you will get judgment and you will get a lot of negativity. If you were to check my TikTok right now, and I was speaking to someone yesterday about this, 90% of the comments that I get about the videos that I post are negative. Are people telling me that, you know, commenting on the way my appearance or commenting on whatever I'm doing in a negative light. And so, yeah, to be honest, that, that did affect me at first because I wasn't, ever expecting people to be saying some of the disgusting things that they do say. And I've learned a lot from from Gary Vee in this respect. I listen a lot to his podcast and the things that he speaks about. But these people that are commenting negative things are probably in such a negative place themselves that they have taken the time to want to spread negativity to me. <laughs> you know, you wouldn't you wouldn't ever see someone that's that's really happy with their life or in a positive light want to be spreading negative negativity to other people, you know? Right. So first and foremost, I look at that side of things and put myself in their shoes and think your life must be so sad, you know, to want to spread this negativity to other people. And so as soon as I put myself in that mindset, it's really blocked out my opinions, you know, blocked out my care for judgment, really feel like I care what anyone else thinks about anything I say or post anymore. And that I attribute massively to the way I've been able to grow because, you know, I know the people who really want me to succeed. And I know that they're not spreading hate to me. And I know that they 100% support the journey that I'm on. And so as soon as I think, why would I care about the opinions of people that I don't like, don't know, or have will have no impact on my life whatsoever? Why would I give two seconds thinking about their negative comment? You know, and so I know it's maybe a hard frame of mind to put yourself in. But 
as soon as you can sort of convince yourself of that and learn to accept that these people really have no say in how your life turns out, it's, yeah, everything becomes a lot easier. Yeah. I think one of the things that uh, you could attribute that to is you had mentioned you have a good network of people around you that support you. Yeah. And that's a huge protective factor. Yeah, 100%. And I think also you'll, you'll be really surprised once you do start to post at the amount of outside love that you can get from people, you know. I was in fear maybe initially, probably two years ago before I started actually posting and sharing my journey. I was in fear about what people from high school would think, what people from my college would think about that, my colleagues on my team, what they would think, my family, my friends, everyone. And the amount of overwhelming love and support for the hustle and grind and the journey that I'm on has been really, really incredible, you know. And so these negative comments that I receive on social are... 1% 1% of what I see outside of, of when I'm having genuine conversations with the people around me that are 100% supportive of, of my journey and continuing to push me onwards and upwards. So yeah, that's, that's a valuable thing to have in life. Good network of people that support you. Yeah. I got to say though, too, I've, I've noticed that a lot of your posts on social media are very positive. So I'd like to say, Shorty, that positivity out in the world is probably a good thing. We need more of that. Thank you. I appreciate that. Just trying to give my my motivation and inspiration and spread my own sort of positive vibes onto other people and hopefully build that network of positivity as much as I can. Absolutely. And I'd say it's one of the things that I've heard a lot of people talk about folks like Gary Vee. And one reason that we hear so many, so many messages from Gary Vee is first of all, he's a brilliant marketer. 100, yeah. Brilliant. Yeah, brilliant. And he's on every platform. So he gets a large reach. And so people are able to hear his message, but his message of, is one of empowerment taking control, taking accountability for your own life. And I think that's one reason he's resonated so much. So I think that's an interesting combination to think about, having the right message that reaches people, that inspires people to do something differently or inspires them to action. 100%. And then again, like to your your point, letting people see you enough to remember who you are. I mean, that's all it is really on social media. Within my marketing agency, we we have a document that we send out to a lot of our potential clients and and on it, it says that a customer has to engage with seven to 12 touch points before they even make a buying decision. I think a lot of people fail to understand that. So many of the ads I see on social media, it's the first time something has popped up on my feed and it's already buy now or or (laughs) click on this link to purchase. You know, you have to build brand first. And so I focus a lot on with my own clients and with, with myself at the moment, I'm sure from you watching a little bit of my social media stuff, I don't really ever ask anyone to buy anything or purchase anything or click any link. It's just simply giving as much value as I possibly can because by continuing to be in front of people, eventually it'll get to the point where all these people know who I am. They trust me as a marketer and as a person, as a young entrepreneur. And so then the world's your oyster, really, with your following base. You can do as you please, you know. But if you start going straight for the jugular and trying to sell, sell, sell from step one, people will go the other way and you'll lose trust and brand quality very, very quickly. So, Yeah, it's an interesting balance to have to achieve. The fact that we're just getting marketing messages constantly. Yeah. Not even just through social media. Everywhere. Out in the world. Everywhere. And in the future... We could actually get more. So we could be driving down the street and we could have a billboard that um, uses an algorithm to determine the likes and interests of the people driving by. In our autonomous vehicles, we'll be able to watch the billboards a little bit more. I mean, this is a potential for the future. 
there's so much potential for the future. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if Amazon Alexa and Google Home were to take over the world of voice in the next few years and, and everything. Well, everything's based on convenience at the moment, you know, in the entire world. Anything that people can do that makes it easier for the consumer is what's going to work, you know. And so if we can get to the point where Amazon Alexa and Google Home, you can literally say, hey, Alexa, send me a pair of Nike shoes. And it does it and your credit card's already inputted and it sends you the shoes and you literally can order those shoes within three seconds. That's what's going to dominate the world. You know, and so I wouldn't be surprised if Amazon's doing deals with clothing brands because they have a little voice activated thing in their clothes that people can talk to. And all of a sudden, devices and products and services and everything's coming your way with simply you being able to speak to to these little devices, you know. So I'm not predicting the future, but I think that voice is the way that things are going. (laughs) Yeah, there's a lot of possibilities for the future. I think what's really interesting when you think about that, how easy it becomes to purchase things or um, make appointments or you just live our lives, having augmented reality around us, having AI make decisions on our behalf. And even though there's an envisioned future where we don't even have to tell our Alexa or Google Home that we want to purchase something. It makes that purchasing decision on our behalf based on our purchasing behavior. 100%. Groceries, you know, and so forth. So. I wonder though, like there's a couple aspects of that that I that I think a lot about. One is around data. Yeah. That just means there's a whole lot of data about us that's collected, that's kept, that's used for all these algorithms to be able to make our lives easier. As someone in your at your age group, and I say that because you've been you've had people ask you for your data for for as long as you probably can remember. Yeah. And I wasn't necessarily from that generation. That's relatively newer to me. So I'm probably more protective of my data in general. Yeah an assumption yeah but i would love to know kind of what your relationship is for with your personal data you know it's funny that you're bringing up data because we just actually signed a client who they have an app that's up and coming that gives people the ability to sell their data and make money for it because at the moment the thought process is that you give your data to all these big platforms and they sell it for millions of dollars every year and the person who's given their data away never sees a penny of it so it's funny that you're bringing that up now but the data aspect of it for me is it's something that just comes with the territory in a way at the moment. In order to sign up and have the ability to dominate on these platforms, you fortunately have to give your data away. And I've done the same with landing pages and funnels that I've run. You you want to set up email marketing for people. You want to set up text message marketing. Unfortunately, you're going to have to collect other people's data to be able to do that. And so giving away my own data, um, there has been some skepticism. I think I've been fortunate so far that I've never had any trouble with it at the moment where it's sort of caused unnecessary harm or or anything like that. And so I feel it at the moment, it just sort of comes with the territory of, of the nature of the way the world's going. Unfortunately, you know, the way technology is changing and, and things like this business, like I was just talking about with you can, can sort of neutralize that and give people more confidence that their data is safe and protected. But at the moment, I think, yeah, like I said, it's just it just sort of comes with the nature of, of the world. Yeah. Do you wonder if there's ever going to be a point of no return? Yeah. But, I mean, I think that it's as a trajectory that we're on currently. I just, you know, things things I think about. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm, I'm just constantly pondering about these things going through my head at all times. And so you never know the way the world's going to turn. All you can do is sort of 
predict and guess and I guess to me it feels like there's levels to this you know we're just sort of living the way things go yeah so tell me what's something that makes you very optimistic about the future I'll always say the social media stuff because it's been a trend for the past five years now and it's going to continue as a trend what makes me optimistic is the ease at which I feel success can happen Um, and that's not to downgrade or make it out like it's really easy to achieve success I'm nowhere near the level of success that I want to be at but I'm I'm definitely a lot further along than I ever anticipated I'd be and feel I'm a lot further along than, than maybe many 21 year olds at this stage but I also feel that the potential to gain success because of these mobile devices that we have and, and I mean I've got an iPad next to me right now I've got my phone in my pocket and I'm speaking to you on a computer and I have a camera filming me you know so the ability to constantly record and document your life and share it with everyone else and be able to get monetary value from that, you know, whether that be consulting sessions, whether that be public speaking, whether that be selling a product online, whether that be creating a Shopify store, whether that be selling a course, which you see a lot nowadays, whether that be growing your brand through social media, like we talked about, there is so, so much potential on hundreds of different websites, platforms, and apps that you can literally sit in your bed at night and achieve this success. That's what I'm optimistic about. And I know it's maybe not something unique or new, but I don't feel like people, 99% of the world are capitalizing on the opportunity or maybe don't realize the opportunity. But that is what I'm incredibly optimistic about is is the fact that I can wake up at 5am and work till 1am and all of it is work and I don't even have to leave my bedroom you know I can (laughs) I can do everything remotely I can do everything from home and I can continue to grow my brand I can continue to grow my business I can continue to grow my network around me all from these mobile devices and and a a laptop computer and iPad the things that we talked about and it's not going away clearly it's in fact becoming more and more popular and that's the way the world's going. I mean, you've seen the likes of these businesses that have been powerhouse brands, Blockbuster, that have gone out to business, Toys R Us, because they can't seem to grasp or understand that the world is moving online, you know? And so the quicker you can understand that and be able to take advantage of these platforms like TikTok, like we're talking about now, that's how you're going to be able to achieve success. And so for people my age, I think it's tough to understand how much easier it is now to to have success than it was when our parents and the generations before us were growing up, where when you checked out at 5pm, your day was over, you know, and, and that was your ability to, to make a life after those hours or after the hours of work or have a side hustle was non-existent. You couldn't have a side hustle when you were when you were growing up, you had your nine to five job. And, and then if you wanted to make it work, you had to physically go and do something outside of your house to make your life. And so yeah, I'm, I'm fortunate that through listening to mentors and people around me, but also my parents and grandparents who sort of instilled that mindset in me that things were so much more difficult back then to create a life that if you aren't taking advantage now and understanding the potential and the opportunity to create a life for yourself, then you're missing a massive opportunity. Yeah, I think that's why you see so many young entrepreneurs, I think these days, taking advantage of social media, they're entirely comfortable with social media um, and really kind of filling a gap, I think, to some extent. And we're going to start to see the benefits, I think, of that now in this point in time. 100%. When other other types of jobs were highly disrupted. If you are working in social media, 
uh, it's not as disrupted. In fact, it's it's probably beneficial to keep people connected and keep keep people working. Even just tools like we're using here, like Zoom, um, having you know people have the ability to continue to work or be educated through platforms like this. Yeah, you've seen like some of the biggest brands in the world that have that have all gone remote. Some of the people that I've spoken to that are still working today, but having Zoom calls between the 50 important decision makers within within their business, and they're all able to connect in through through a computer is is unbelievable. And so that in itself, that's the opportunity, and that's what I'm so so optimistic about. Right. So you you mentioned before some days working from 5 a.m. till till 1 a.m. That's a long day. <laughs> you must do something to disconnect. What do you do to disconnect? Yeah, I mean, I say 5 a.m. to, to 1 a.m. I want to also clarify that I'm learning more and more the importance of sleep. And so, <laughs> I mean, those 5 a.m.s to 1 a.m. were happening a couple times a week, but then I was so drained and burnt out from that and, and getting a lack of sleep that I wouldn't recommend that to anyone. <laughs> I would say at least try and get seven to eight hours and I'm not a sleep expert by any means, but I've seen definitely my energy levels and success increase and improve once I've learned that the balance is, is so, so important, you know? And so the beautiful thing for me is that with me being a professional athlete, I am able to get paid to do what I love. And so my switching off is playing the sport I love, which is soccer on a daily basis. And so when my team's training, I get from 8 to 11 a.m. I have the ability to work, if that's what you want to call it. But that's my switching off time, you know, which is a beautiful thing because I'm I'm still grinding, I'm still working, I'm still trying to aspire to achieve something that can move me on and up in the world and, and hopefully at some point get me a, a better contract and play at the highest possible level I can. And so I think I'm in a unique position there because I don't necessarily need to take time to switch off because that is my switching off because I just simply love it. There's no stress behind it. There's no external factors that are causing my brain to really work that hard. I'm not drained after it. You know, I, I 8 to 11 a.m. is my free time. That's that's my hours of love and passion, real time to switch off and, and just do what I love and forget everything else in the outside world, you know? So that gives me the ability to work the other 11, 12 hours of the day on the social media side and my, and my craft that I am passionate about without feeling like I'm getting burned out, you know? Right. Which has got to make um, the canceling of your season a little difficult. <laughs> a little difficult, yeah. Right now. 100% because then you have to find things to keep yourself fit, such as working out on your own, which for me is just not, oh, no, it's not for me. Not the same. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, yeah, that's that. Things like that just aren't for me. And so I think I'm trying to find balance between those things at the moment on how to find that passion without <laughs> without the soccer side of things um, and also be able to switch off without feeling like I'm wasting away or wasting my time, you know? Right. Which is something I won't lie, I've, I've definitely struggled with in the past, is being able to switch off without feeling or thinking like I'm wasting my time or wasting my life away mm. so I know maybe there's other people that can relate to that as well but you know I'm I'm not ashamed to say that <laughs> switching off is is something that I'm I struggle with massively because it's sometimes it can cause burnout sometimes it can cause a lot of anxiety and stuff and so I'm learning as I go with that sort of aspect of things yeah and I, th I think in our ever-connected world I don't think that's uncommon yeah 
that people are used to being connected, continuing to kind of keep busy, have something to keep their attention. And when they don't, sometimes folks don't know what to do with those moments of solitude. 100. It feels like at time it's being wasted, but sometimes that time is restorative. 100%. Yeah. And I'm, I'm trying to learn that and accept that in my mind as I go that time alone or time without staring at a screen is good time. There's nothing wrong with that, you know, and it's actually a beautiful thing. I tried to do that yesterday when I was on a walk. Like at the end of the day, we're on this life, we're on this earth to <laughs> explore it and enjoy it and, and be happy, you know, and, and see the beautiful things in the, in the world. And, and sometimes I feel like I miss that because my head's buried in my phone or I have my headphones on. And so yesterday I just took my headphones off, put my phone away and decided, you know, for this next two hours, I'm not going to do anything with my phone. I'm just going to, I'm lucky enough to live in San Diego. So I had the beach and the ocean that I was, <laughs> that I was staring at. So yeah, I was just going to embrace being alive, you know? And so I think I missed that a lot and, and maybe a lot of people do as well. Yeah. And so I don't know whether you have any tips for that. Yeah. I think if I, if I had advice, what you did is restorative. So if you're looking to achieve more, having that level of restoration and balance in your life will help you achieve that. It helps you more towards what you might hear more and more um, out in social media or out in, new, in articles about the, a flow state or being at our, your optimal best. Right. Um, it requires an ability to disconnect, right. uh, appreciate the things around you, get a walk away from screens and just learn to appreciate the world. Yeah. And those moments of solitude are so beneficial. I think what's really interesting that you mentioned that I think is something that people need to think more about is the fact that people feel guilty yeah. for spending those moments. Yeah. But instead, those moments are highly valuable. So I'd see those as investments in you mm -hmm. and your ability to achieve your goals and your ability to be successful and to stay healthy on that path. Yeah. No, I 100% agree with you. Yeah. Yeah, it's a cool insight. Yeah, if you're in San Diego and you're not enjoying the beach, then I, I don't... I <laughs> Something seriously wrong, right? <laughs> it's a beautiful place. Beautiful. Beautiful place, yeah. I feel very fortunate to, to have grown up here and, and to live here, so... Fantastic. Well, hey, Billy, I am going to do a TikTok. And what I do, I will let you know. Yeah. And then um, I'll let my listeners know. So when this episode posts, I'll make sure to include information about where to find that because I'm going to do it and we'll see how it goes. Brilliant. Do two, do three, do four every single day because that's what's going to build you up. Three or four. And I know it's scary. It's scary to probably everyone listening. And, and I see that reaction that you just gave me there from from so many people because they they think wow three or four a day that's so hard but trust me once you start doing it and you, the more you put yourself in camp on in front of camera it really does become so much easier so yeah definitely just put yourself out of those out of your comfort zone for two weeks i mean i forgot what the saying is but it's what is it it takes three weeks to build a habit or something focus three weeks on, on filming yourself putting yourself in front of camera and, and posting tiktoks and before you know it it will become like second nature I've seen it for myself. I've seen it for all my clients. Anyone I've consulted with, I, I know that that, that works. All right. I'll, I'll see what I can do. I can, I'll, I'll do my best. The reason I say that is because I think about all these other things like the podcast and everything else I've got going on, but I will commit to at least one day of four posts and then we'll go from there. Is that fair? You can clip podcast episodes and, and put hints of that on the TikTok as well. So there's always potential. All right, I will do I will do this podcast, at least a portion of this podcast, on a TikTok, and I feel like I must do an embarrassing dance of some sort to mortify my children. I love that. I love that. That'll be hilarious. Hey, Billy, thanks for a great conversation. 
thank you very much. Now I've really enjoyed speaking about my journey and have been able to share some some really great insights and obviously learn from you as well. So appreciate it big time. Awesome. Thanks, Billy. As we navigate our lives, many of us take a journey in exploring what success should look like for us. While society, our families, our upbringing, our environment, and our culture can shape our vision of what success might look like, it is ultimately a series of personal choices that we make to determine what it should look like for us. Although Billy is early in his journey, he has learned the importance of well-being and happiness as key ingredients to success. He finds meaning in his work, and he has the opportunity to pursue the sport he loves as a part of his career. As with all of us, it's difficult to say where this journey will take him as he continues to navigate his pursuit of success. However, wherever that might be, I at least know who I'll call when the next new social media platform hits the market, and I find the need to teach my parents how to use TikTok. So, what's your version of success? Whatever that might be, I wish you well on your journey, and I encourage you to work towards shaping a future that is meaningful to you. So, go on. Go help shape the future. To learn more about Billy Garten and his social media company, check out forevergrowingyou.com. That's forevergrowingyou.com. Billy's also on TikTok, at Billy Garten Jr. That's at Billy Garten Jr. Oh, and you can find the TikTok videos that I promise on TikTok, at Humans Now and Then. I am Rebecca Scott, and this has been Humans Now and Then, hosted and produced by Rebecca Scott. Music by Ryan Sullivan, Rebecca Scott, and Victoria Scott. Credits and resources from this episode can be found in the episode notes at humansnowandthen.com. Thank you for listening.